Yo. <laughs> Welcome to the Black Gold Creative Podcast. I am Dre Murray. Uh, I am a husband, father, uh, musician. I get, well, I shouldn't say musician. I'm a creative. Let's put it that way. Um, uh, a youth pastor as well um, from time to time. I mentor youth. Let's just put it that way. Um, and I'm joined by my co-host, the illustrious, the, I got to think a new adjective, let's see, the superfluous, the amazing, the uh, substantial, I don't even, I didn't even use that in the right context, but it doesn't matter, <laughs> Billy Wigington. You know, one of these days, you're just going to have to be like husband, father, pastor, all that. And then just stop, and I'm gonna be, jump in. And I'm Billy Wigginson, the co-host. <laughs> you just gonna jump in, right? <laughs> and I'm also a husband, a father, a pastor, musician, producer, whatever, and uh, a taco and coffee enthusiast. Oh, man, I forgot to say that. Very man. important. I, yeah, I forgot to say <laughs> that I am a coffee connoisseur, and you'd have to listen two episodes ago to know the definition of connoisseur because I don't have it pulled up right now. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Um, I guess connoisseur, um, if I can remember the definition correctly. But this is the Black Gold Creative Podcast, where we discuss family, coffee, and hip hop. Um, Billy and I are uh, co-owners of a media company called Black Gold Creative, uh, and those are the three things that we are focused on. Um, and you can go back to the intro episode of this podcast and kind of hear us talk in depth about those three um, different topics and what they mean to us. So, but yeah, um, the way this thing goes is we break down each individual topic. We start with family and uh, we discuss what's going on with our family because we, we have a lot going on, especially these days. <laughs> this week has mm-hmm. been super crazy. Uh, we have yes. a lot going on with with uh, with family for sure, man. So, man, tell I us guess. why this week was crazy for you, Dre. Ta ha ha. Um, I got back, <laughs> I got back from Disney World on last Saturday. Sunday was supposed to be our you like rest day to recover, um, and then you know Monday school started all over again for the kids and probably about halfway through the day on Monday like I hit this wall like this mental block where it was it was crazy because I'm coming off of this super high being on vacation and like spending time with the family and but to just be thrown back into reality so like abruptly like it was just just switch you know what I'm saying? Like the the mm-hmm. the lights are on and then somebody just flicked them off like real quick and everything went dark, it seems like, really, really fast. Um, so Monday and Tuesday, like halfway through Monday, it started sinking in that like I'm not in Kansas anymore. Or I'm not in, in, in Oz anymore. I'm back in Kansas. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, that slowly, I don't know what it what it did, but it it, it kind of threw me on a a path of, you know, my anxiety started kind of kicking in 
because the reality of what I had spent at Disney World and like the work that I had to put in <laughs> now started kicking in and you start thinking about just real life stuff, right? Like the the yeah. bills are back. Like it's um and so mm. yeah, man, it, it was mainly kicked off by the that anxiety of like, dang, like I'm back in the real world and I'm not eleven years old. I am a man in his thirties with a wife and kids and I got work to do. And it's like, dang, like it, it just all set back in really, really quick. So that coupled with the fact that, you know, we were trying to do this episode of the podcast and then we got, you know, projects that we're working on. Um, and then we, you know, aside from that, we, like I said, we're fathers, we're, we're husbands, we're, you know, serve at our churches and, it's a lot of mm-hmm. stuff going on, so it just it all collided, man. And yeah, man, I was calling out for help. I was calling out for help, bro. <laughs> I like, hear I was, you, man. I was down on the ground, like reaching up, like man, help! I need some help. So, but that well, was listen two two things from that. I'm curious. So, one, we want to hear more about Disney a little bit, like you know. But the other thing is, you're calling out for help. Who do you call, man? What are some people in your corner? Yeah, that's good. Curious. That's good. So, um, I started with. Um, like KJ five two is is not just like for you for for those of you that don't know who KJ is he's a he's a hip hop artist that um he's been around for a very long time um you know primarily you know Christian hip hop and I met him in two thousand and four I believe and since then he's kind of been like my one of my mentors not just you know with music but you know life in general mm-hmm. and and I reached out to him or he reached out to me because we were working on some stuff and it wasn't even like we have normal conversations and and so just in our text message I kind of mentioned that I had been you know dealing with some stuff the last couple of days and he he wanted me to like call him immediately <laughs> as I was describing <laughs> what was going on and so he's one of the people that kind of you know he walks me through a lot of stuff and and you know, he takes mental health and that type of stuff seriously. Um, and so he was one of the the people that I talked to. And then, of course, my, you know, my wife and I had a, uh, a conversation about what was going on. And, um, you know, it was it was refreshing to be able to, like, communicate to her in a real way about like what I was finding out about myself, like mentally, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like to, that it actually yeah. was starting to make, to make sense. So Wednesday was a lot better than Monday because KJ kind of helped me to, to pinpoint some, I know we talk about like triggers and all that sometimes. So, mm-hmm. so that was good, man. But he, he was really big and he's always big in, um in helping me to, to figure things out and to, to get to the bottom of of things so yeah so it was it was definitely definitely him that helped me this week for sure good good that's awesome man yeah man so i want to hear more about disney bro we didn't get a chance to really we we caught up a couple times this week you know yeah text and then this morning but like uh i want to hear more about disney with your fam what was it like yeah disney was amazing as far as you know the 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 surface level stuff that the touchy feely stuff that you see and the characters and the rides all that was amazing dog like from top to bottom um i i really had even the wait times were 
though they were long at times, it was like one of those experiences where like, it's, it was worth it. You know, this wait for this mm-hmm. ride or whatever was worth it to me and my family. Um, yeah. But I told my wife like halfway through the trip, um, and I think this was after I had, I had like a, we were waiting in line for like almost an hour and a half for um, for a ride on Sunday. And I had this like hour long conversation with this guy in line who he, he was with his daughter. His wife wasn't at the ride yet, but he was communicating with her through text. And we were just like bonding. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? We were in our 30s. He was from uh, Kentucky, I believe. Like just somebody that you would look at he and I and be like, you know, they probably have nothing in common. You know what I'm saying? Like they <laughs> wouldn't have a conversation. Um, yeah. But we had this hour-long conversation, man, that was, like, really, really dope as far as um, the the content of what we were speaking about. It wasn't just, hey, the weather's, you know, great today, yeah. isn't it? Like, we were <laughs> some real-life stuff, you know what I mean, to where I don't even know his name. Like, he didn't ask my name, I didn't ask his name, but we were, like, you know, we sparked up a, a, a true real conversation that was good um and so after that you know i started really looking not just at the surface level stuff but and not even purposely but just seeing what was going on and i found it beautiful that there were like multiple cultures not only people that were attending disney but like the workers there every worker Mm -hmm. there which if you've been to disney you see this like every worker there has where they're from on Mm -hmm. their name tag. And so you see, you know, like if you're going to, um, they had, like we went on a safari or whatever and, you know, they had people from Africa there represented, you know what I'm saying? It was like, Mm -hmm. and then you had people that were from there, from Africa that were like just there for, for Disney that were actually on a trip. And then you also had people from like Australia and UK and you had people from, you know, uh, Germany, like all, mm-hmm. all kind of cultures and, and, you know, people mixed into this, um, group on a ride, but you're hearing all of these, um, accents, you're hearing these different languages, and then you're seeing like conversations happening and people helping each other and, you know, they're calling my daughter's princess and my wife's to, you know what I'm saying? It was just like this, mm-hmm, this vibe mm-hmm. to where it was like, man, like we weren't even concerned about in a, in a way that's negative. We weren't concerned about where this person is from or what their, right. their language they're speaking. We would just sit back sometimes and just listen to, uh, especially like if it was somebody from Australia or like from the UK, that, that specific accent, uh, <laughs> yeah. Just we we love uh, my my especially me and my wife and my daughter does as well. But I just love hearing that accent. You know what I'm saying? Like it's mm-hmm. and so we would just sit by and just hear not just the accent, but to hear parents uh, communicate to their kids in the same way that we are. But maybe they would have like a different slang word or whatever for certain things. Uh-huh. And it was just cool to see people from other cultures parent uh, in the same way and just just interact, man, with with other cultures. And 
you know, I thought to myself, man, like I told my wife, like, I need to put this down on paper. I need to speak about this because it did something to me. Like, man, I was like, man, like, this is what it's about. I know that, you know, there may be some people there that didn't even believe in in a God period. Right. But right. um, But there was just this sense of community at Disney World that I didn't think that I was going to feel that (laughs) like it was. (laughs) does that make sense it's like the way that you're i feel like you're supposed to feel when you go to church or just when you're in community with belief like i feel like that was what it's supposed to to be and i know that you know certain areas and certain communities are not going to have multiple cultures represented but in my mind like it was just a beautiful thing to to see that and experience that and be a part of that. So yeah, man. Yeah, man. That's really good. That's really good. And I like what you said there at the end too. I mean, a couple of things like you saying that you think that's what the church should be like and hope and wish, you know, it was like that. And I think that's, that's a hundred percent true. I mean, we see that as people who believe, you know, this, we see, we see it in the scriptures that that's a thing celebrated every tribe, tongue and nation. Like it's a real thing. Ethnicity, uh, specifically is a very mm-hmm. biblical concept whereas things like race and whatnot are not really those are things we've made mm-hmm. up and that are kind of divisive but but the other thing is i love that you said that about different areas and communities just don't have that mm-hmm. and i think that's one of the things that uh when i was in texas man and i would hear church planters or missionaries talk about uh diversity and talk about uh urban environments and what how does that how is that defined and Mm -hmm. the reality is just man like some places are not gonna be they're just not multicultural like they're multicultural in the sense of like every family has a unique upbringing maybe different denominations and that kind of stuff but the reality is as far as ethnicity goes or different kinds of people the way they look speak all that kind of stuff that's just not going to be everywhere but um one of the things you know about about me or about our church up here in in Maryland is it's cool because it kind of is like that. <laughs> yeah. It's not like Disney. It's probably not like the warm fuzzy kind of thing because everybody's happy on vacation or whatever. <laughs> right. But, uh, <laughs> but but it is like that in the way that uh, in our on church. Yeah, I mean after Sunday after ch- service on Sunday you have families that are together, kids running around, all of them look different. Some have different accents or yeah, different slang words, parenting each other's kid, you know, all that kind of stuff. And you yeah. look around and you're like, man, this is, this is how it's supposed to be, man. Uh, yep. and, but, but it's representative of the community. Honestly, I was telling you before about, um, going to Rockville town center, like the square that they have there and they have different theme yep. nights, like yoga night, I think, or different stuff like that. But one of the nights is, uh, salsa dancing or i might just say latin dancing but i think it says salsa but they have other kinds too like bachata and all that and uh man there was people every different all kinds of ethnicities like people from all over the place which is Mm. very much a montgomery county maryland thing gaithersburg is one of the most diverse cities in the united states and so you have all these people there kids you know all ages everything and everybody was just so happy and having a good time. That's dope. And like you said, we weren't noticing differences because they were negative. Right. We were noticing differences uh, because we were all there unified. So then you notice the differences and celebrate them. Yep. And you're excited about them. Yep. Yeah, it is. Very beautiful. So that's cool, man. Glad to hear that. Yeah, man. What's been, uh, anything else been going on with you, man? Family-wise? 
Man, our our stuff has been more like <laughs> n- normal, what you would call normal, but it feels like crazy, bro. We yeah. had a they had a thing at the school. I think we might have talked about this a little before, but called a readathon, like where they were encouraging kids to read. Well, our kids yeah. already read a lot, so for them this was like an extra challenge. There was a sheet they had to write down all their minutes, how many minutes a day, and mm-hmm. how many minutes a week, and. Uh, And so they were doing that. And then at the same time, they put out a book fair. So then they send that thing home. And I'm like, book fair? We got Amazon. And we have a whole bookshelf full of books (laughs) in our house. Like, we love books. Why do we need a book fair? Where's double the price and everything else? But the money goes to help the school. And, of course, your kids want to, like, feel like they're a part of it. So, you know, we talk to them, broker some deals. All right, if you read this, then we can go buy you a book at the book fair. And they had dads and donut day. So I went up there to the school. We went to the book fair together, the whole thing. So a lot of what you would just call normal life stuff, but it feels crazy when you add in ministry job or any job. And when you add in music and podcasts and all that, but, uh, but it's good, you know, I mean, I'm kind of glad that readathon and book fair over, but now it's fall festivals (laughs) and, and, you know, different events. But, uh, and then school pictures. Can I just throw out something about this? School pictures before like, I guess when Chandler was getting older and taking pictures, my oldest, she's 11. We, you know, school pictures are, they're fine. You know, like, yeah, they're overpriced. They're kind of annoying, but they're, but they're good. Everybody kind of, you, you like having a school picture of your kid, one from each year or send it to grandparents mm-hmm. or whatever. But both of our sons are visually impaired, right? And we yeah. talked about that before on here due to albinism. They both have albinism. They're both visually impaired. So trying to get them to look at the camera or smile or do all of those things at the same time and if it's bright like the lights how they have them set up it's just yeah. not a thing if you look on my instagram you'll see them in sunglasses and hats a lot it's yeah. because yeah, yeah. it's too bright they have to and so for school pictures you know we want it to be right but short of us going up there and talking them and the photographer through it you just kind of know you're going to get crazy pictures and so i uh, i posted a couple on the, on instagram and they weren't too bad this year i think they're getting better but yeah, trying to get them to smile and look at the camera and open their eyes all at the same time is crazy. So we just kind of take our own now yeah. and uh, forget forget about that with them. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but that's a funny quirk yeah. that our family has, you know. So that's it, man. Gotcha, that's it. Man. We've just been just kind of rolling along. Yeah, Actually, man. get ready for Christmas. Christmas when you're in ministry re- stuff, oh, bro. Man, oh my gosh, bro. It's already we're planning it's- all this stuff and yeah. Everything is coming so fast, dude. And, and yes. you know, one of the one of the things that I've noticed, um, you know, we, we started this podcast right before this big push for you know these different holidays. It's like back to back to back, right? Yeah. And so, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Why didn't we start this in the summer to get I a know, test right? run or something? What are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> but now it's like back to back to back. But the the coffee man like you know i accidentally stumbled into a starbucks the other day (laughs) and there were pumpkin latte oh yeah pictures and this aroma maple this and praline that all kind of crazy stuff everywhere um and so yeah man that's it's been that's that's my sign that oh oh yeah like it's about to be you know the christmas season is because they're yeah. already ramped up on you know that that type of uh drink 
if you want to call it a drink so yes yeah well speaking yeah. of that man let's jump right into coffee we may not even have a space to put music in between the segments this time because <laughs> we're, we're just ready to go but listen coffee when when we're talking about starbucks man starbucks just released one of their new uh new drinks and it's a uh like a witch's brew something or another halloween themed drink so that joint is purple frappuccino with green you know green whipped cream looking thing and i just oh, think Lord. yeah and i just think it's <laughs> hilarious because you know that thing's five or six bucks and it's you know purple and green and all this and then at the same time you've got duncan bringing in nitro cold brew and 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 craft uh, espresso drinks so Dunkin's going that route and Starbucks is giving the people purple frappuccinos. Like, what is happening? I feel like that's the, yeah. we're in the upside down, bro. Like a parallel universe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. It's, it's, it's nuts, bro. Like, and, and like I said, when I stumbled in, I stayed because I, well, I went in for something just, you know, sweet, whether it be like, I got a donut, a donut or whatever. And it was because I just, I, I just felt like I needed a donut. Uh, it was, you know, <laughs> but you didn't go to Dunkin' Monday, they have Tuesday coffee and time. Donuts. <laughs> I was, but I was right next to it. But I had, like I told oh, you, yeah. I had a Starbucks card, so I wasn't about oh, to pay. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't about to, yeah. So I had a free, you know. Um, and so I walked in, and the people started talking to me. Like the customer service was amazing. Uh, yeah. And, you know, they noticed my Star Wars jacket and we started talking about Disney and all this kind of stuff. So I was like, man, you know what? I'm going to buy a drink. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, I'm going <laughs> I'm to buy a drink. So I asked the lady. I was like, the barista. I said, uh, barista. and this is like, I don't want, yeah, I don't want, I want to bash <laughs> him too hard. But I, uh, <laughs> I said, can you, do you guys have, can you make me a cortado? Mm-hmm. And it's like. You know when a deer, when you're approaching the deer and that, <laughs> and the headlights hit him right in the eyes, and yeah. like she, she just glazed over, like, huh? And the crazy part about it is she was training someone, and she looked to the left to the person that she was training, <laughs> as to say, "Do you know what a cortado is?" <laughs> and I was like, "Yo." Uh, <laughs> I just, I ordered a drink, but at the same time, I was like, man, because I, I didn't want to be, you know, I had already talked about it. I didn't want to just say, hey, forget the drink after that conversation. Right, right. I didn't want them to feel, you know, less than. So, um, but it's just. I heard a, they have a drink know, similar now, though. I, I heard they, they were you know about to called? do some. I don't know. I heard they were about to do. Somebody told me they were about to do a Cortado or something similar. I know they have a thing called a flat white, and I'm not sure what that is, but I know it's mm. served in a smaller little glass like that, and it looks similar. But that's somebody probably, told yeah, me they were about to do like an espresso cut with milk, little small drink, but I don't know that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, I walked into the next day to Manville um, here in, in the town I live and one of the baristas there, she used to work at Starbucks, but she, you know, she came on, came up with the, uh, with an espresso machine make sure I say espresso because someone hit me up and was like, yo, you got to stop saying espresso. There's no um, X in it. <laughs> yeah, I know, bro. It's just, I'm from Houston, bro. Um, <laughs> but yeah, she, um, she's dope on the, on, 
you know, as far as espresso on the, on the machine, like she's been using it for years or a version of what they have in, in stores. So she's like serious about coffee is what I'm trying to say. But she used to work yeah. at Starbucks and she was like, I said barista and, she, and and she broke it down. She was like, bro, they don't even, they don't even know how to work. Um, they don't get, we don't get training. We didn't get training on how to work an espresso machine. You just yeah. push a button. Like you just. Yeah. And, the big ones with the bean hoppers and all that on there. Yeah. Like Starbucks, they're just a button. Yeah. So yeah, it's still, I, I mean, had, it is still fresh, but it's mechanical rather than a right, person doing right. work. And I, I hadn't been in. And again, this isn't to like down Starbucks, but I'm just, you know, right. you know, but I, I hadn't been into a Starbucks in so long that I didn't recognize that. And then when I, I thought about it and I was like, you know what? That's right. Like I'd never seen them. Like the experience is just totally different. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? It really is like a, a fast food type of experience, but I will give them credit. At least this Starbucks, their customer service was like on point and i know that that's just case by case basis um but as far as like what they were were doing man the experience as far as the coffee was just i should have went in and been like yo what you got on um what can you do in a pour over <laughs> like you <laughs> they do they do pour overs there did you know that at certain ones right yeah certain ones yeah i mean I, i've never been denied one but i have had them go uh we can do it uh and they seem kind of are you serious off. Yeah, but but they can do it. it, it most of, and you know what? To your point about customer service, listen, nobody in the world, and I'm making a huge generalization, but just like with like pop music, like if something makes you nod your head, you nod your head. And I've said this for years, Starbucks is the pop music of coffee. Like yes, it's yeah. not like you know what you're going to get and you can't be mad at it because it's it's furthering the culture, the coffee culture a little bit and it's right. making it accessible to people. And their customer service, man, I've been in a Starbucks in in china in in south korea and all over the united states all over the place and yeah and they are (laughs) customer service bro it's the same like they're they're dope everywhere and so yeah i mean you know for what they do and so you better believe when i was in china and need some coffee even though they have good tea there if i wanted coffee i was like yo i'm about to go get this uh caramel latte at starbucks you know what i mean like that's just what it was when we were right there so Anyway, yeah, customer service, they have it on lock. But we have a bigger problem. We have a bigger coffee problem. What's the that? The supply, coffee supply in the world might run out, Dre. Yeah, yeah, man. That's I don't crazy, know if this man. is Chicken Little or if this is real. <laughs> <laughs> Where's this article from? This article is from GourmetTraveler.com. Uh, and it looks like based on the the dot com after it is au so i'm assuming that means that this is an australian based company yes would i be yes. correct in saying that That's so i understand yeah for context we have to keep that in mind uh for mm-hmm. context um but yeah which at this point caveat could their media i mean their media might be better than ours if we're being honest true I have no True. idea. True. We could ask Peter. We could yeah, ask Peter, and, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we can ask Peter Dixon. Yeah, but I wasn't saying that with any negative connotation behind it. Just, just in general, I just wanted to give context that, like you said, it, it may, theirs may be better than ours, but we don't really know what the climate is over there. Like, it's, it's right, different over right. here. So, But, yeah, they're they're saying that the worldwide demand, this is a direct quote, the worldwide demand for coffee is set to double by 2050 
And then they say it's fueled by a relatively low cup price for the consumer in countries such as China, China, <laughs> which you just mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, so they're saying that basically the, the demand is going to be so high. Prices are, are so low that things are just going to get flipped and we're going to run out of coffee. Right, yeah, man. Yeah. Um, well, there's yeah, they're they're saying that you know with the research it could it have to do with climate change as well, disease, mm. lack of research and development because you know we don't spend as much time and effort on coffee as we do say corn or tomatoes or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then on top of that, the coffee farmers, you know, like I know some folks again from our church congregation who their parents are in Uganda or Kenya, and some of them are mm. coffee farmers, which is super cool to know them. Uh, but yeah, the average age of coffee farmers, I think like 57, between 57 and yeah. 62. And I mean, they might yeah. be training up their kids as well. But if that's the average age, then you've got, you know, the land problems, climate problems, age problem, yep. and then demand, which mm-hmm. all that mixed together, I guess we could see how this is possible. My right. my only thing would be this, though. How many times have we seen articles, no matter what the source was from, about we're going to run out of water, we're going to run out of air, we're going to run out of, right. you know, whatever it right. is. But some things do seem a little bit more feasible, like this could be a thing if coffee trends this way, but who knows? Yeah, and they're, and they're you know, they hit some interesting points as far as, like, um, the the trends as far as the next generation of mm. the farmer. Um, mm-hmm. like they're saying, um, it's again, a direct quote, attracting young people to the field is difficult with the risk, um, the low financial rewards and uncertain future of life as a coffee farmer. So, um, man, and that's sad though. Cause you got us paying $6 for a drink at Starbucks. You know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. there they get paid. I was going to say they get paid beans, but that, that would be like a pun. That's not what I meant. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. But you know what I mean? That, that saying, yeah, no, they get paid next to nothing for those green coffee beans that they ship over to get roasted, yeah. you know? That's why the, you know, um, the ethics in coffee for certain specialty shops are, is, is really important to, to let that be known that they're, I guess, working to, to make that price point better for the uh-huh. farmer. Um, uh-huh. I don't know the... The specifics of as far as the the amounts but you know what the average farmer may i don't i don't know that specifics especially since it's different regions of the world so the yes you know the the dollar is going to be different everywhere right. but um but, but yeah one can, of those we things can is, say that it's go ahead go ahead no i was just gonna say we can say that generally it's it's probably lower than what it what it should be right well yeah i mean especially when you can go by uh Seattle's best or a brand like that, you know, at the store for like 388, 488 for a 12 ounce bag of coffee. But yeah. with the coffee that you and I buy more frequently is the, you know, from these these local roasters who have relationships with the farmers or have relationship with a company who's like a broker who has a relationship with the farmers. So we're paying fifteen to twenty five dollars a bag sometimes. And uh, yeah. and I gladly pay that, not just for mm-hmm. the the specialty coffee. It's not like we're trying to be bougie, like oh my coffee is expensive. But I know that when I do that, that the roaster, the farmer, everyone's getting paid somewhat fair, at least in as much homework as I've done or research I've done on the those roasters. You know what I mean? So I gladly pay that. 
But where right. you get ambiguous right. is when Folgers, for instance, like 1850 Coffee, which we still need to try, by the way, when they do <laughs> their uh, when they do their specialty whole bean coffee and, and charge you know twelve or thirteen dollars a bag, and you're going, are you just charging that to fit in the specialty coffee game because you can charge yeah. that? Are you doing yeah. something different with your ethics? And and I don't know. I haven't researched that. Yeah, with Folgers, yeah. We don't we don't know. We're not taking shots, Folgers. No, for but, sure, for sure. But at the same time, it is it, that's a good, really good question and a really good thought. I mean that, and you know, based on the way companies operate in this country, I mean, it may be safe to say that that I mean, there's a really good chance that that is the case, um, with the way companies. You know, it's a, it's a competition, right? Uh, right. They didn't make 1850 coffee. I don't think they didn't, they didn't make that. I, I shouldn't, I don't know for sure, but I would guess that they didn't make that just because someone in their company was like, I love specialty coffee. Which <laughs> it, like, I think that might've been part of maybe a little bit of it, but I, I, you know, the way that it comes across is this is where the coffee industry is trending towards more right. and more now um you know it's like with anything when once it goes well, mainstream Duncan. i mean it's, yeah you know yeah i mean yeah and that's that's the thing you can't fault any of those these companies for that per se uh but yeah but we do need to be wise when we as consumers think about where we want to put our money and time and support and that's true for anything i mean that's true for and you re- when you really get down to it you know uh we're all kind of stewards of our own life like bodies and life and money and time and so what you watch what you eat what you drink where you shop all of that stuff should be under some sort of consideration but it's just hard for us to keep all that in balance in tandem right. in life you know what i mean yeah and people man. boycott this company for this but then they're buying this over here and i'm like yeah. those are the same <laughs> yeah the same crazy, ethics right? like what's your problem they're the same ethics yeah. but it's just hard to remember all that yeah man hip-hop 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 Yes, sir. What's going on? What's going on? I, I have something interesting to share, but I I, I want to hear what uh I want to hear really genuine. I, I mean this honestly. I want to hear what's been going on with you with you musically, especially with this week that we both had. Well, yeah. Listen. Well, this morning, just to to nod back to our last segment, I'm relying heavily on coffee this morning. And if you and you know to anybody who knows me when I talk about coffee. I, I am always very clear to go. I enjoy the taste. I fast from it sometimes for a week or a month at a time just because I don't want to yeah. rely on coffee and caffeine. But yo, yeah. I went to a show last night, which is the first like concert, first show that I've been to since we moved up here to Maryland just because of time. I mean, Tasha and I've gone to one, but it was actually we saw Johnny Swim in Boston because we were on some trip. Mm. But but this is the first like show in DC I've been to. And uh, I'm getting old, Dre, I guess, man. This thing, the show, was, it wasn't that late. It wasn't that late. In fact, in South by Southwest, I, uh, when I was in Austin, I'm pretty sure there was a Be What's Next uh, showcase that had Show Baraka yeah. and Liz Vice and some other people. And that joint went to like two in the morning. I felt super old then. But this was only, this was over at midnight last night. But still, when we set our alarms this morning to get up and do this podcast, I was like, I need all the coffee I can get. <laughs> but the show was this. The show was Corey Henry and the Funk Apostles. And uh, man, it was amazing. So that's what I've been listening to is sort of his uh, his his latest release. 
And uh, and if you're interested and want to want to hear him, uh, he did a Tiny Desk NPR Tiny Desk concert recently. That'll give you a little vibe of what he's like live and Im- improv and all that kind of stuff. But just amazing band and backup vocalist, and he's an incredible uh, keys player and soloist. And people might have seen him without knowing in the Snarky Puppy in that band and their videos and stuff. And they they've done a bunch of shows and and videos. But he's unbelievable. Uh, and if I understand right, he grew up sort of playing keys and and stuff in the black church. And man, I don't know, Dre, about any of your experience with this or like friends, you know, or whatever, but the black church cranks out musicians, bro. Like it's like yeah. a culture yeah, there. And it's 100%. so, it's so dope, man. It's kind of like how, when you look at uh, other denominations or other religions and go, they're so good at this one thing or whatever. And the church, the black church has tons of stuff that's good with it, you know, regardless of what some people say and try to lump in prosperity gospel and things, which is not intrinsically black church, by the way. Um, right. But man, mu- musically, uh, I'm kind of, I don't know if jealous is the right word, <laughs> but because I don't want to be like jealous, but I mean, I, I yeah. enjoy it and I'm excited about about that and uh so yeah, last man. night was good man it was really good that's dope man that's crazy you said that because um like not just musicians but hip-hop artists just mcs as well uh there's tons of mcs that mm. have come from the black church as well um and like i even like to say that sometimes like hits hits me in the wrong way the the black church like that oh yeah that's yeah, another yeah. that's another topic but yeah the church experience in in the black community like that right. experience um is like i don't know what it you know how they say something's in the water or whatever yeah but like tons of my friends that did you know did hip-hop um or you know or an mc or producer like we we were dragged to church you know me was occasionally i wasn't in church every single sunday but um but i was there and it's that experience that would i don't know push us forward artistically um like the preachers in the black church for instance they are like it's poetic what they right. do sometimes. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's that uh-huh. they are MCs and they're to singing too. Degree. Sometimes they're singing. Yeah, hymns yeah. And stuff so it's like, sermons. and so you know, like Snoop grew up in the church. Um, you can go down a list and just name yeah. artists that come from that that experience. But uh, I was watching this um, documentary. It's a four part series, and this is this is part two. They did part one last year, or maybe of a couple of years ago. It's called Hip Hop Evolution, and Shad from yeah, we mentioned uh, that on here before. Yeah, Shad from out. Toronto is the um, the host of the show, and you know he goes from place to place and talks to some of the the uh, MCs and producers and journalists that um, that basically built hip hop. You know what I mean from from the ground up, or were, were a part of the building process and. I finished the second part um, super early this morning, oh. <laughs> like it, like four a.m. Uh, I finished it, but um, he was talking to Q-Tip from mm-hmm. Tribe Called Quest, and Q-Tip, mm-hmm. you know, he's asking one of the first questions he asked when it's a group is how did you guys meet or or start the group? And Q-Tip was like, Fife and I grew up in church together. Yeah. It was yeah. like the first thing that he said, and you know, 
he's not a singer you know he's a he's a musician in the sense that i don't know what instruments q-tip plays he might be dope on tons of instruments but what i know him from is you know hip-hop production which he uses that in the same way that somebody would play an instrument so even if he doesn't right. i mean chopping samples and all that to me is is just is very it's it's a cousin to to all that you know what i'm saying because oh, you're yeah. making sounds um and so yeah man it's interesting that you say that but that whole documentary i would i have thoughts about um like i wouldn't say negative thoughts but i have things that i look at in my past where i'm like man like i was listening to that when i was seven eight yeah, you know what i'm saying yeah, like man. Yes. i have thoughts like that but then at the same time like we were talking about a little bit um uh, before we were recording i do see the giftings of these people like the god-given gifts that these people have uh and i'm blown away still today by you know the cast from the 80s and the 90s and just certain things that you you don't recognize when you're a nine-year-old kid listening to this stuff uh, mm -hmm. and you look back now and you're like man like they were on the cutting like they were at the beginning of all of this and some you know this stuff in this form didn't mm -hmm. exist before they were like right. it's brand new and so it was amazing to see you know and it took me back and and it's something that I think I expressed this on the on the show previously to where when I listen to hip hop now, a lot of the times, man, I do go back to like the 80s era, like when I was a kid and I listened to Rakim and I listened to KRS and then I, mm -hmm. you know, their interviews and their lectures. I listen to those stories because, you know, it's just something different about it, man, like the authenticity of it and to see uh so many artists that were like different you yeah. know there weren't i didn't hear the same thing over and over like they they would have crews and with like the native tongues the last episode was focused on like the native tongue movement which was mm -hmm. you know de la soul tribe called quest uh queen latifah moni love jungle mm -hmm. brothers um and to see the differences in all of that and just there, like we were talking about just individuality before we got on and just the specifics of God's gifting to a certain individual. It was just, mm -hmm. it's amazing to see that play out. And I know that, you know, some people may look at this and be like, you know, but the content, the content, yeah, true. So, you know what I'm saying? But I'm looking at it sure. from a perspective of the, the creativity that's been gifted to them was like, mind blowing to me man at, yeah, at that man. especially when i was a kid man i thought they were superheroes and yeah i i tweeted something this morning like if you look at uh my twitter Dre murray 22 um it was like at four something this morning but fife dog from tribe called quest he says in uh in one of their songs i think it's in scenario uh where he says bo knows this Bo knows that, but Bo don't know Jack because Bo can't rap. And he's talking about Bo Jackson. And back right. in the day, Bo Jackson played multiple sports, and uh -huh. that was the marketing thing. He could do everything. But oh, yeah. I thought about that, and I was like, but well, he says, Bo don't know Jack because Bo can't rap. And so I tweeted, it's crazy that in 2018, if Bo Jackson came out with an album right now, nobody would think that was weird. 
because everybody's rapping. That's right, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But yeah. back then, it was like, Bo can't do this. Like, right. we're superheroes. Like, you can't... Not just anybody can get on this mic and, and do this. And right. that, to me, like, that it feels like, you know... That's just how I grew where I the era I grew up in, man. It was like fresh and new and like so that yeah, that documentary is crazy, man. It it really it takes me back to when I was a kid for sure, for sure. Yeah, I need to watch the second second part or whatever. Yeah, it's dope, man. They go to Houston, you know, talk about oh, okay. Um uh, rap a lot and and just the scene down there. Uh yeah, Fifth man. Ward and um the ghetto boys and all that and Yeah, man, it was a it was a time for sure. Things are different. And you know what was crazy too? Uh, you know, I I am, am am bent towards highly criticizing and critiquing the newer modern stuff, uh, which I think yeah. just some of that may, maybe age and maturity and all this kind of stuff, or just differences. Uh, I, I I remember my dad and I disagreeing about like certain genres of rock music and what was actually good or true or whatever and not. But here's the thing, I wonder what it would be like in the 80s and 90s if we had the same uh, connectivity, like if we were able to see more artists from that era who were indie or unsigned, and like if YouTube was a thing, but the same music genre and the same political ideologies from the 80s and 90s were still a thing, but YouTube was just there also, I wonder if we wouldn't Mm -hmm. have like an oversaturation of those same type of genres like i don't know because because when i look now at like trap music and how it's even evolved and some of the new wave of different mumble rap and some guys are still rapping a certain cadence over trap you got drake singing you got all this kind of Mm -hmm. stuff i'm like hey they're they're creating and evolving too and 10 or 20 years from now we'll look back and go oh remember that era when they did that the Mm -hmm. difference is it seems like everybody does it and, and everybody is doing it because I, I, I think the, the phones and the, and, the, and the YouTube and all this kind of stuff, like I just feel like, I mean, I can put out a hip hop song and I'm not, you know, in junior high, mm-hmm. I was not doing that. I wanted mm-hmm. to, but I was like, I'm not a rapper. Tupac's a rapper. Like I'm not a rapper. Right. But now there's just this sense of everybody can do it even though they can't. Uh, but, but back then it the... wouldn't, it would have stopped before I had even tried. My parents would have been like, nah, you can't. My friends would have been like, right. no, you can't do that. <laughs> you know? right. Now it's like, oh, everybody's a star. Put out your stuff, whatever. Oh, you can dance. Put it out there. You know what I mean? Put, go go mm-hmm. on this show. And that's not true. So I, I wonder if the connectivity and social media has a little bit to do with why we're oversaturated and underwhelmed. You know what I mean? I think, I think it has a very small part to play in it. And I only say that because the climate of hip hop back then or what it stood for and represented was different than it is now. The it it was taboo, or even like, uh, you could get hurt for, uh, stealing someone's style. Right. Like it was right, a right, right. it was a definite no no. So yes. I feel like even if so, if you're saying if we drop YouTube off in 1987, 1988, I don't feel like it would be used by as many people for hip-hop like it might be you know more film driven because for one at that time the industry wasn't in a place where it is now so i mean that the industry was different in that hip-hop was still looked at as um you know something that wasn't going to last Mm -hmm. so you know 
especially. I remember seeing those videos though. MTV was lit though. I remember seeing those videos. They took some risks. They played those videos on MTV. No, they and did. That was, crazy. But that was why. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, that was that was crazy. They definitely took some risks. But you got to think about just a few years before that, they wouldn't even play Michael Jackson. Right. So it's a short period of time in between that to where MTV was still kind of warming up to it. But mainstream America definitely wasn't. So I feel like, yeah, you know, that it wouldn't have it wouldn't have been like that because even in even in the you know, in the street context, hustlers laughed at rappers mm-hmm. because they felt like, you know, they were broke. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying. And it's like, um, but now it's the complete opposite. You right. know. The hustlers want to be rappers now, and yeah. and um and which I mean I'm I'm glad that they're going legal. I'm not I'm not promoting uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, hustling, but what I'm saying is like just in context, like it was a different, there was a different mindset, and it just didn't call for somebody to to get on YouTube and and sound like somebody else. They right. it would have been a direct call out, like yo, you are. You sound just like such and such. We not we not rocking with that. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like you're not gonna hear you can put out your stuff, but you're not gonna be heard because this is a hip hop community. Yes. Like they were having uh in the documentary they show when um Scott LaRock from uh Boogie Down Productions, which is you know, K R S one was a part yep. of that when when Scott LaRock got killed after that. I remember I I still have the vinyl of self destruction when KRS One stopped started to stop the violence movement, and they were talking about how they used to have meetings at this club called the Latin Quarter, mm. where they would have meetings about how to move forward as a hip hop community and to stop violence and to do this. And all mm-hmm. these super mega artists came together for this one song. You wouldn't do. You wouldn't see that now. No, no. You know what no. I'm saying? Like you wouldn't. You wouldn't see that at all. And so, um, I can only we, hope we, we're trending back that way to some degree. As far as yeah, I hope. I hope. Yeah. I hope. You know what I'm saying? I hope. And there, there have been moments. I don't want to like just throw a blanket statement out there. Like there have been definitely been moments of unity. But what I'm saying in its totality, I don't feel like there are, there aren't like the because we are so so far removed from the beginning there aren't the the leaders of the movement like they aren't respected in that way mm-hmm. they they they're respected but when it when it comes to like trying to um pinpoint issues within the community and try to move us past that this generation is like you know screw you dog like i'm yeah, i'm doing yeah. i'm going to hold on to my cup i'm going to drink what's in my cup mm-hmm. i'm going to do the money phone all i want yep. like you can't tell me about this and tell me about that but i feel like there was a time back then where there was a charge being led to like change some of that so some stuff just wouldn't fly you know yep. what i mean like it just it just wouldn't fly because of the time that that we were in so yeah, it's interesting too how even back then there was like you're saying a sense of unity even if you were in different crews or different genres yeah. like different coasts or whatever. I mean, I know there's a whole and you know the the mid 90s of East Coast West Coast kind of stuff, but still I think about now how if you're like big on J Cole and love what he does activism wise and this kind of stuff, 
it so other people think it's corny and you're like oh man that's corny he's he's not good this and that and then the same way with like jay-z or kanye or chance anybody who could be considered like a stand-up figure i mean even like two chains there's a large portion of people that are like no he's a good dude has good stuff to say but then there's other right. people who are like yeah i don't i don't know about that and so you it's like yeah. hard to even get unity around like can we all agree this person is talented and trying to do good and if he brings up causes and ways for us to contribute and unify let's jump in that rather than like hate on it because it's from so and so and then like the one thing we've been kind of trying to avoid the whole (laughs) the whole podcast is getting into a longer conversation about politics but yeah even people like kanye can be divisive when it comes to that you know where people are like i don't know for sure what he believes and what he's trying to do so i don't know if i can't like I don't know whether to follow him or not on this. And then just like we talked about before this, people who want to follow him politically, then he turns around and releases a weird song that is like, man, you're not helping (laughs) the situation, which makes people who even agree with him 100% ideologically go, I can't rock with you though on this song, which is a large part of who you are. Yeah, it's confusing. So, but listen, the one of the, one of the evidences of we may be trending back that way is now at least the music industry, even though I hate the music industry as a whole, uh, it's the whole they thing, even though I don't know who they is, but you know, you just kind of hate them. But, but the Grammys, yeah, yeah. remember we talked about this, the Grammys and their hip hop on their rap category, they kicked out uh, Post Malone's release out of that because they were yeah. like, you're trying to be hip hop, but it's pop music. Like it's a, a, a mishmash of all this other music. And, and admittedly so, right. I don't know his story, but as soon as I saw a picture of that dude, I was like, he likes country and rock and he's trying to do rap. This was <laughs> like a couple together. years ago. I thought that. Yeah. Uh, but now, yeah. yeah, they apparently the Grammys were like, nah, your, your album is, is pop music. And they left the hip hop slash rap category to be for music that they feel like is actually true to that. So, so that's interesting because I wonder if that sort of thing might, you know, I don't want to get into you know, being judgmental, but I'm saying... Maybe people go, look, hip hop is a popular genre. So if you're just pop for the sake of pop, then cool. But you're pop music. But if you're like hip hop, like culturally, like this kind of content and this kind of uh, lifestyle and whether, you know, you can get into the good, positive and negative of that. But maybe there's going to be some authenticity brought to that, which then could lead to unity. Uh, Right. Who knows? Right. Who knows? Yeah. No, I think that, yeah, that's a good point, bro, as far as like moving back towards that, because that was one of the things what I'm talking about where it wouldn't fly. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Hammer got condemned. Yes. Um, yeah. Vanilla Ice got condemned. Yes. Um, yep. You know, even even what's crazy is even like Puff to a certain oh, yeah. extent at that time, that. you know, was the shiny suits and stuff was, you know, looked at a certain way. So it's like, um, and that was mid nineties, you yeah. know. And so, well, on one um, hand, you had Tupac, and then you had shiny suits, and, th- and it was like, what the? But then you realized, right. okay, this right. is just a different perspective of the same thing, though. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Right. So, so yeah, maybe, maybe so, man. Like, hopefully, uh, you know, I would, I would like to see that, you know, unity and, and especially a push towards the the positive things uh about the the culture mm-hmm. um you know because and I, that's part of the reason why i feel like the youtube thing thrives in this day and age is because we feed off of negativity right like we talk about the um we talk about the um 
um, Scholar Rock thing earlier when, when mm-hmm. he was murdered and the the culture stopped, right? The culture yes. stopped. But now, you know, it would be publicized, yes, but It'd it be would a be a hashtag in com- the morning and forgotten. Yeah, by the yeah. but not even that. Like, it would be, I don't want to say celebrate it, but it, in this weird, morbid way, those type of stories now turn into um they they turn into this this feeding frenzy of just like where people get something out of that does that make sense it's like yeah um you know even with Pac and like big like the culture stopped because like something is wrong with this yes but but now um people even when they look back on like Pac's situation now you know even with you know, people posting about he's still alive and, you know, yeah. videos and, and like it. It's and I know they did that with like people like Elvis and all this, but it's just a different like. It's become a mockery, like a joke, yes. yeah. almost like somebody lost their life, dog. Like, right. you know what I'm saying? And so, yeah, man, it's just a different time, a different culture. I feel like we. It's like we were talking about earlier about the, you know, seeds being sown. Like that's the seeds that have been sown and this is what this is what we got. Mm-hmm. We, we have this this generation um full of people that uh some of them just don't feel anymore. You yeah. know, they're numb. And, and some so, of that's hip hop seeds, lyrics that have been sown. Some of that is social yeah. media culture that's been sown, a celebrity culture. Yeah. I'll never forget, bro, when all of a sudden I was expected to know who Paris Hilton was like, what in the world? Like who, like, why would I know that? Who cares? And reality yep. TV, like, yeah, the real world on MTV back in the day, but then all of a sudden it was real world. That was a dope show, bro. <laughs> real world. <laughs> and then big brother. And then, you know what I mean? Like all these shows survivor. And then it just now, and not that those things are bad. I mean, we can't say like iPhones are bad. Hip hop's are bad. No, obviously not. But I mean, there are the usage of some things, uh, have yeah have sown seeds that we didn't intend to see grow late and and want them to turn into what they turned into uh but that's that's with everything bro that's with all kind of stuff so we got work to do you know what i mean (laughs) yeah for sure man in fact we need to do an episode soon man just for fun whether it's a special one or just a you know lean heavy on one side one of the segments but we should do one that's talking about our musical journey like what's the first music we remember hearing What's mm. the like? What did we enjoy? Different stages of our lives. What what other genres did we dabble in? And then how did that influence what we create now? Like what yeah. what what you know? When did you first do a show? First record and first tour? Like all that kind of stuff. We should do an episode like that, man. That'd be fun. Yeah, that's good, man. I think we should do that very soon, bro. Cool. So, well, dope, man. I think uh, I think this was good, man. You know, uh, thank you guys for tuning in for sure um not just saying that we really appreciate the those of you that are that are listening um yeah we do you know um and we we hope that you continue to listen and please share this podcast is available uh pretty much everywhere that you listen to to podcasts i know the the two main platforms are probably uh apple as well as you know spotify or at least the ones that we push there's others out there i'm looking at the numbers some of you guys are listening on listening to podcasts on other platforms so continue to listen share uh 
rate and you know write a review or or you know we're trying to get the conversation started and and trying to push this thing forward man um we think that it's we think is i think it's dope um family coffee hip-hop like we really love those three things and um and we want to follow us we want to hear what's going on with their with their families and, and what yeah. they've been listening to and, and creating and what they what coffee they've been drinking like yep. comment on instagram and let us know and uh yeah not just for shares and likes but like we want to know we would love to continue this conversation and talk about some of the feedback we receive on here you know what i mean connect yep. with you guys yep. that way absolutely so follow us at uh, i found black gold on instagram as well as uh facebook which we got to do more on our facebook page uh i'm kind of confused on facebook right now same but uh <laughs> <laughs> on instagram um yeah get into the podcast we got we have some musical projects coming forth uh but yeah follow me online at dre murray 22 and then billy you you are at billy wigginson um yep. online in which we'll have that in the show notes so thank you guys and uh Yeah, tune in every Monday for a new episode of the Black Gold Creative Podcast. Peace. See you then.